It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Buffalo Bills had the top performing secondary in the NFL last season. How is the group shaping up for 2022? I'm breaking down the dynamics of the position group today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, or if you are joining us on the YouTube channel, your first watch every day. Today on the podcast, we are talking all about the Buffalo Bills secondary, cornerbacks, and safeties. And this will tie a ribbon on these positional preview episodes that we've been doing over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I, I really have enjoyed the way that we've, in, we've attacked these previews, talking about our prevailing thoughts from 2021 and contrasting the group last year to how Brandon Bean has assembled it this year, getting into some of the biggest questions now and in the future about the position group. And then of course, ending with my expectations for the unit in 2022. And so one last hurrah here. And then, you know, the bills rookies have already reported for camp. The veterans will be there very, very soon. And this podcast will very much shift towards reacting to the big storylines coming out of training camp. And so we're inside of 50 days now before the Buffalo Bills take on the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams to start the 2022 NFL season. It is here, folks. It's going to be a lot of fun. But let's talk about this Bills secondary, starting with a quick reflection on 2021. And from a pass defense perspective, the Buffalo Bills were exceptional statistically last year. Whatever metric you want to point to, the Bills were number one in the NFL. Some of my favorite stats about the Bills' pass defense last year. They held opposing quarterbacks to a passer rating of 65.3, number one in the NFL. The Bills limited opposing offenses to 163 passing yards per game. That's it, 163. 5.7 yards per attempt. Of course, these are all number one. The Bills only allowed 12 passing touchdowns last year. 56% completion percentage against the defense. In an era of football where it's never been easier to throw the ball, teams threw the ball very poorly against the Bills in 2021. Think about it like this. For the season, right? And think about this like if this was Josh Allen's stat line. 
for the season, opposing quarterbacks completed 56% of their passes, 2,771 yards, 12 touchdowns, 19 interceptions, and a passer rating of 65.3. It's pretty incredible. Now, I know that a lot of you are thinking, well, the Bills didn't play a whole lot of good offenses, right? They didn't play a whole lot of good quarterbacks last year. And you're right. I know they played Pat Mahomes in week six, of course, Tom Brady later in the season against the Bucs. And then you start asking yourself, well, who did they really play? You know, a bunch of rookie second-year quarterbacks, some backups. I mean, after Mahomes and Brady, who were the best quarterbacks that the Bills faced? Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan. I mean, that's pretty much the, the best two. So obviously, the Bills were beneficiaries of playing a soft schedule of quarterbacks, but my goodness, these numbers are dominant. It's not like they're towards the top of the league or top five. They're absolutely number one in, in most cases by a good clip here based on where the number two team came in. So you could sit here and be disappointed about how they looked against the Chiefs in the divisional round and, of course, the Bucks game. But my goodness, this secondary performed at a high, high level in 2021. Talking about some of the specific players that were key players last year that are back for 2022, just, again, reflecting on 2021, Jordan Poyer, right? He was exceptional. First-team All-Pro. Finally got recognition for what has been an elite stretch of play for him dating back to 2017. Obviously a very good downhill safety tackling, but also by far his best season in coverage last year. Micah Hyde, I love how he compliments Jordan Poyer. Two interchangeable safeties. They're masters of disguising coverage and spinning late and changing the menu for quarterbacks pre- and post-snap. He's unbelievably prepared. Such a great job as a one-high, single-high safety and in, in what he can do in the middle of the field. I mean, Poyer and Hyde are the best safety tandem in the NFL, and it's not particularly close. At cornerback, how about Trey White? Remember this guy? Still plays for the team. He was awesome for 11 games last year. Proved himself to be a legitimate CB1, and he's a critical piece of this defense. And I've referenced it a few times, but there's plenty of criticism about how the Bills' defense didn't show up against the Bucks and the Chiefs, to which I would say, well, the Bills' defense did show up the first time they played the Chiefs. And I think contrasting that game in Week 6 to the divisional round is a good way for us to feel the absence of a Trey White. A lot of people say the Bills' defense was overrated because of the Chiefs and the Bucks games. To which I would say, I'd like to see what those games looked like with Trey White on the field. He's an important piece of this defense. And for 11 games last year, he was awesome. Now, I will continue to be critical of the way he tackles. He's got to be a better tackler. It's the only piece of his game where I really take exception. Love how he turns over the football. Love his coverage instincts. Love how competitive he is in coverage. He's got all the stuff. He's just got to tackle better. How about Taron Johnson? He delivered, huh? His best season for sure last year. 
And I love how the narrative changed with him very, very quickly, right? Go back to 2020. The guy was benched. And then he answered the call and earned a contract extension that pays him among the top slot corners in the NFL. He's a starter for this team. He plays a high, high percentage of snaps. And the Bills designed their defense in a lot of ways to funnel throws to his coverage. And he was targeted 81 times and only allowed a reception on 56.8% of those targets. That's really good when you consider what he's asked to do in the slot. I'm very satisfied with Taron Johnson. How about Dane Jackson? Thought he did a really good job filling in for Trey White. Didn't give up a touchdown pass. Played the run extremely well. He tackles really well. And he proved last year that at a minimum, and again, at a minimum, he can be a reliable depth player and a spot starter. Him stepping up for this team was was really big last year. And then lastly, Saran Neal. I love what he brings to this team. Elite special teams ability, versatility on defense where he can play inside corner, outside corner, and safety. And I think he's a very valuable piece of this roster as a depth player and a special teams ace, and I'm glad that he's locked up for this for the foreseeable future. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puff treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. Flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But check this out. They're not only delicious, they are good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein and all delicious. And the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to Built.com right now and get your order in because they're going fast, and I don't want you to miss out. One of my favorite things about Built Bars, they're all made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. It's always great to eat something that tastes good and is good for you. I got a deal for you. Go to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So what is new about the Bills secondary? And what does that tell us about the team? Like I continue to reiterate, teams will tell you so much based on the moves that they make, both both from the players they let go and how they replace those players. So with that in mind, let's look at this. There's really not a whole lot of change over here year over year. The safety position 
literally nothing's different. The same cast of characters last year are in place this year. At corner, you said goodbye to Levi Wallace, and he signed a very modest deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you invested your first-round pick and traded up to get cornerback Kyer Elam. And then, of course, a, a late-round pick on Christian Benford. So what do those moves tell us? Well, first of all, let's acknowledge that not doing anything at safety is probably a good sign for the future of Poyer and Hyde. And we'll talk a little bit about Poyer's contract status here in just a moment. But you would think that if the Bills had legitimate concern about not being able to retain Poyer or not being able to replace Poyer, that they would have potentially gotten ahead of that and brought in some type of meaningful player that can be groomed as Poyer's successor. They didn't do that. And so I think not doing anything is a good sign. It certainly makes me feel better about Poyer being a starter for this team for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future. Then you have to acknowledge that a fixture, right, a guy that has been the CB2, Levi Wallace, left for a very modest two-year, $8 million contract with the Steelers, and the Bills brought in Kyer Elam with a first-round pick. For as much as they liked Levi Wallace, right, and I think everyone, even you know, even if you weren't his biggest fan, you can appreciate his story and what he was able to accomplish in Buffalo. They wanted to upgrade that spot, right? They wanted a different skill set. They wanted potentially a more dynamic athlete and physical talent at CB2. You let your guy that started for like three years walk and you replace him with a first-round pick. That says a lot. It says a lot about what you want to get done there with that CB2 spot across from Trey White. So let's move into my biggest questions now and in the future. And I think when you talk about the Bills secondary, to me, the number one thing is when will Tredavious White be ready? Had the procedure on his knee in December. ACL recovery is typically 9 to 12 months. And so that, that puts things in doubt for the start of the season. And one thing that I will say very confidently is that I don't expect the Bills to rush him back. They never have rushed anyone back from an injury, and that's not going to happen with their all-pro cornerback, who it's bigger than the first six games of this season, right? You want Trey White to get back healthy and be an answer for you for the foreseeable future in terms of years. And so I know we all want him to be in the lineup as quickly as possible. There's no doubt about that, but I would not expect the Bills to rush him back. And I know that there's a lot made of the comments that have come from the Buccaneers about Chris Godwin, you know, their star receiver who tore his ACL four weeks after Tredavious White. And there's 
you know, they've come out and said that they're hopeful that he's ready for week one. Well, I think what you need to be mindful of in contrasting those two situations is, first of all, you never know the willingness of the athletes to use stem cell therapy in their recovery, right? If they do, that is proven to be something that accelerates healing. Maybe Chris Godwin is into that. I, I know that there's some Bucks players that are, and I don't know about that for Trey White. And look, I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about those dynamics and what you should and shouldn't do when it comes to stem cell therapy, but that could be a potential reason why Godwin is ahead of Trey White. Again, pure speculation, not saying anything that I know for sure. Also, Chris Godwin surely has access to Tom Brady's staff, right? Alex Guerrero. And that guy has a proven history of getting players back quicker. And, and I'm certain that Tom Brady would lend his people to his star receiver to get him ready for a season. And I know that that's happened with several other players that Brady has played with. So those are two things to account for in contrasting the situations. But the bottom line here is that the Bills have done a phenomenal job with managing their players, rehabbing their players, and making sure that guys don't come back quicker than they need to. And you've seen teams get in trouble with this across the NFL. They don't do a good enough job of protecting their players because there's an urgency about it, and they're you know they're not maybe as secure in their jobs, and they're rushing guys back. Bills aren't going to do that. I continue to speculate in my own mind that I think that Trey White sees the field for the first time in 2022 after the bye. The Bills have a week seven bye, and then in week eight, they play the Green Bay Packers. I think that's the date. Unless, you know, look, we, we really don't have much in the way of information. Sean McDermott's answered this question by saying that Trey White is working hard and he's on track. That, that Great, right? That's good information, but it doesn't actually give us any firm details. And maybe we'll learn more here as training camp gets underway. But I would not anticipate him to be rushed back. If he starts a season on the pup list, I think that means he's out for six weeks. The Bills have a week seven bye. You put him on the field week eight against the Green Bay Packers. To me, that's my prediction as to what happens. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's kind of how I feel out this situation as of now. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering. Information from live betting, uh, they've got scores, podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening now. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get into a few more of the questions that I have down. So after Trey White and when he'll be ready, my question is how soon will Kyir Elam be ready? Can he be a week one starter? I think he will. And the reasons that I think he he will is, first of all, you know, his pedigree as a player, you know, growing up in the, as a football, part of a football family, uh, having an understanding of how this guy works and prepares. I think he's going to do everything imaginable to be ready to start for this team right away. And being mindful that first round picks have always started right away under Bean and McDermott, every single one of them, Trey White, Tremaine Edmonds, Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau. I have no reason to believe Kyir Elam doesn't fall in line. But it still has to happen, right? He's still got to earn that job and play at a level that shows that he deserves it. So how soon will that happen? I I think week one. But it has to come together. Number three is how will or how can Kyer Elam impact this defense? Now this is where I get excited because the Bills have replaced Levi Wallace with a different skill set and one that I think will allow for more scheme diversity. You know, Levi Wallace, he really excelled as a, a corner that plays off, right? Plays off coverage, cues the backfield, uses his length and football instincts to work into throwing lanes, stay leveraged, and just be kind of a very cerebral player. You don't like his ability to mirror and match routes in man coverage. You don't love his ability to play up in the face of line, uh, of receivers at the line of scrimmage and press coverage because he's you know a lean guy that doesn't have much athleticism. Well, not the case with Kyer Elam, who has really good size, is a physical player in coverage, has ball skills, has the athleticism necessary to mirror and match. And so you now have a player that can do more for you at the line of scrimmage in terms of disrupting routes and press coverage, you have a guy that is better equipped to mirror and match and carry routes isolated right in man coverage, and you have a really, really big time ability to make plays in the ball. Kyer Elam, probably my favorite thing about him is the ball skills. And so I just think you have a much more dynamic player in Kyer Elam that can elevate that position and also give you more opportunities to run different coverage concepts because you don't have to hide the lack of athleticism like you did with Levi Wallace. So you know I respect the hell out of Levi Wallace, but I also acknowledge his limitations and how Kyir Elam can change that. Next up is Jordan Poyer's contract. Obviously, this is a huge talking point. And I've had different segments on this where I've talked about it and you probably gained the sense of me feeling somewhat uneasy about 
understanding what Jordan Poyer wants, right? And I, I think there's a couple of different contracts that we need to be mindful of when it comes to Jordan Poyer. And the one that I've brought up several times is Tyron Matthew, who is entering his age 30 season and just signed just signed in June, right? A three-year, $28.3 million contract with the Saints that pays him 9.4 average per season. Tyron Matthew is a younger, more accomplished player than Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer's contract right now pays him more than what Tyron Matthew just signed. I'm sure for Brandon Bean, that's the deal that he's pointing to in the negotiations. From Jordan Poyer's side of things, I'm sure that he's being very mindful of Harrison Smith for the Minnesota Vikings and how entering his age 32 season, he signed a four-year $64 million deal that pays him an average annual salary of $16 million. Is the truth somewhere in the middle? Well, if the middle, if the high end is $16 million a season, and that was a couple of years ago that Harrison Smith signed that deal, and the low end is $9.5, is the truth somewhere in the middle? I'd be inclined to offer Jordan Poyer a two-year, $25 million deal and say, if you can get better, go get it. Because the NFL has told, told us time and time again that they don't value safeties, right? They, they always fall in the draft. There's always starting caliber safeties that can be had in free agency. I mean, this stuff happens. You've seen even young, good safeties change teams like a John Johnson. And remember, John Johnson was a player that everybody thought was going to break the bank. He got like a three-year, $30 million deal from the Browns. He changed teams. Marcus Williams changed teams coming out of his rookie deal. Like the urgency across the league to pay safeties and draft them high, it's just not something that we see a lot of. And now you're talking about an older safety. I know Jordan Poyer's awesome, and I want him for as long as possible. Like, don't get it twisted. But this is a challenging situation for me to piece together all the information and speculate correctly on what Jordan Poyer's magic number is and what his key objectives are with this deal. You you think he would love playing in Buffalo. You think he'd love to continue playing alongside Micah Hyde. But it certainly feels like this is about dollars for him, right? And we get some clues into that based on, quite frankly, what his wife tweets. So what's his number? Right? That's what I, I just wish I could know what his number is. Jordan Poyer is about to finish his two-year, $19.5 million season. And this is his age 31 season. I think he can be a great player still for the next three to five seasons. And I'd love for that to be in Buffalo. But what's your number? I know that I'm saying that's a rhetorical question, but it's it's hard for me to put my finger on it. And, and look, I've said this a lot. The Bills roster continues to get more expensive. And you have a ton of expiring contracts. And, and for some of these players, you know, you have to ask yourself, are you going to resign them? And if so, okay, well, they're going to be expensive to resign. Or if you don't resign them, you still have to replace them in some way. Roger Saffold, Case Keenum, Jordan Phillips, OJ Howard, Tremaine Edmonds, 
Jamison Crowder, Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, in addition to Jordan Poyer. The NFL is not designed for you to keep every player. Prioritizing this and getting the most value out of these contracts is a big, big task for Brandon Bean. Great problem to have. This is what you dream about as a GM. Glad Brandon Bean's the guy that's sorting this out. But it's definitely challenging to kind of look at and speculate over. The last question that I have down is, what do the Bills have in Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin? Jaquan Johnson entering a contract year, his fourth season. He started one game in the NFL and had some flashy moments in preseason. Small, lacks athleticism, but he's a football player, right? DeMar Hamlin, you know, look, I know he's still a young player, but as we speculate over Jordan Poyer, at least I start to ask myself, well, what what does the team have in-house? And they have a couple guys that they drafted on rookie deals that are late-round picks, and we haven't really seen enough from them to really know who they are as players, which kind of leads to a follow-up question when you think about, you know, if, if the Bills do have to replace Jordan Poyer and if there's a succession plan already on the roster and it's not Jaquan Johnson or DeMar Hamlin, are there cornerback to safety con- convert candidates, right, that uh, can do exactly what Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer did in terms of switching from corner to safety and becoming top safeties in the NFL. Is Dane Jackson that guy? You, I mean, you've heard Sean McDermott recently talked about Dane Jackson and and really, you know, kind of gassed him up pretty good. Sean McDermott called Dane Jackson a winner and praised his work ethic and habits and how he stepped in last season and how he's been very active in helping Kyer Elam. Is Dane Jackson a guy that, we should be thinking about as a potential convert to safety. Christian Benford, a, a player the Bills drafted this year, you know, small school kid. I, there's probably going to be an acclimation period there, but can he be looked at as that type of player? And how about this for a dark horse candidate? Saran Neal, who the Bills, you know, re-signed. He's been around. There were times where he was a safety. You know, is that something that we shouldn't sleep on? Saran Neal is a dark horse candidate to be groomed as a starting safety. So it's kind of an interesting situation. Just speculating, right? A lot of this stuff I don't have answers for you, but I can at least talk about the things going through my mind when it comes to these questions. So let's close things out with my expectations for this unit. I'll I'll get into the individual players, but I think first of all, the overarching thing is tougher tests are coming for this secondary against better quarterbacks, better receivers, and, of course, ultimately better passing games. It's no longer, well, you played Brady and Mahomes, and then the Falcons and Titans are the best two passing attacks that you're going to face. Now, the Bills got the Rams on the schedule and Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. The Dolphins, I know that you're going to laugh at Tua, but they've got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and Cedric Wilson and Mike Gusecki. That's a lot to deal with. The Bills play the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes again. They play Aaron Rodgers. Play the Vikings and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. They play the Browns, and that'll probably be when Deshaun Watson's after his suspension. So you'll have Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper and David and Joku. The Bengals and Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase. There's just a tougher schedule of quarterbacks 
and receivers ahead to deal with in terms of the passing game. So tougher tests are coming. As for individual player expectations, I'll lump together Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Just keep being the best safety duo in the NFL. What more can you ask out of these guys? And, and it's so cool having players like this where you just know exactly what to expect. You know who they are as players. They deliver, they're consistent, and they're high-level performers. For Tamar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson, I'll lump them together. Shine on special teams, right? That's where you can offer the most value and play well in preseason to give us some level of hope that should one of these players get injured, the Bills have an option. For Trey White, get healthy and then be Trey White. And that's the thing. I don't I don't need to see Trey White not healthy, playing at, you know, 90% recovery and him not being the player that we're used to seeing. Get right and then be yourself. Kyer Elam, develop and lock down a starting job. Show us that you can be that answer across from Trey White. Dane Jackson, Dane Jackson, excuse me, continue the development. He's he's likely a starter early on. And then push Dane, you know, push uh push Kyer Elam, right? You're the you're the guy that in that room that can really force the issue with him. Challenge him. Because I'm guessing the Bills week one starting corner tandem is going to be Dane Jackson and Kyer Elam. Well, what happens when Trey White comes back? Someone's going to the bench. Love to see Dane Jackson force the issue. Taron Johnson, continue being one of the best slot corners in the NFL. And then I'll also mention Saran Neal. Continue doing your thing on special teams. Offer some situational appeal on defense. And then I have it down. Are you a dark horse candidate at safety? It's going to be a fun year for this Bills defense. And, you know, we can't overlook the layer of this secondary and this back seven as a whole playing behind what we expect to be a really good defensive line that, oh, by the way, has Von Miller on it. So that should be a real benefit to this pass defense and the pressure they can get on the quarterback and some hurried throws and hopefully another really strong season of pass coverage from this Bills defense. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast and this week. You know, we should get a lot of news here as the Bills players report to camp and practices start happening. And so it's going to be a lot of coverage coming here on the Lockdown Bills podcast. Don't miss anything. Make sure that you are subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.